Hello, thanks for listening and joining us on the Be Yourself Happy, Healthy, Hopeful podcast. I'm your host, Steph, a health promoter from the Bulimia Anorexia Nervosa Association here in Windsor, Ontario. On this podcast, we explore topics related to health, mental wellness, and creating a happy, healthy, and hopeful life full of opportunities for yourself. Our guest today is Mackenzie Kavalev, one magical and inspiring woman. Mackenzie has worked with a community agency here in Windsor called Advocating Young Minds. It provides after-school programming for low-income housing um, families and their children. She continues to advocate for the needs of underprivileged youth here in Windsor. Mackenzie believes in being a positive role model and empowering young people. She has worked with youth in other capacities like helping with homework and leadership, skill building, and community engagement opportunities. Additionally, Mackenzie owns her own meal prep business called Veg Out, and she inspires her online community through her online platform, Mackenzie Gets Fit. Mackenzie is passionate about mental health awareness, eating disorder awareness, and environmentalism. We were happy to have Mackenzie attend our BANA workshop called uh, Positive Influencers On and Offline, and this was back in October, so we will have a little bit of talk around how she uh, interpreted all that information and her experience there. I'm so excited to get into my conversation with Mackenzie today. Mackenzie, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited to uh, talk to you and learn more about you because this is our first time meeting. I mean, with actually having like in-depth conversation. <laughs> yes, you did lead the workshop, but I don't think we were really formally introduced. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm so happy to have you. I know I gave you an intro based on what I knew about you, but I would love to hear more just right from you about who you are, maybe some of the things you're passionate about, what you do. Um, so yeah, I'll let you do that. Okay. Um, I don't know what's really <laughs> exciting about me, but I... Lots um, of things. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you introduced me. You just did so much for my ego already. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess um, I went to school for disability studies. So I have a background working with people with intellectual uh, disabilities. So um, I've worked at community living for a long time, both Windsor and Essex County. Um, and I currently also work at the Ontario Addictions Treatment Center. Um, so I'm very oh, busy. I yeah. <laughs> have a lot of things on the go. Um, but yeah, I definitely definitely have an interest in like um, supporting people with addictions and uh, different disabilities and mental health. It's been really relevant in my personal life as well as my like professional life. So right. um, yeah, that's kind of like my, you know, formal stuff. But, um, you know, personal things about me, I, uh, I pole dance at Vertica Pole Fitness. Right. And I just started right. uh, teaching classes there, actually. So cool. if you want to come do intro pole, hit me up. <laughs> I know. I've always, I have a friend from Toronto and she's really into that too. And some of the things that you guys can do, it's I'm really, very really in impressive. Yeah, there's definitely it requires quite a bit of strength. Like, yeah, it's very, very challenging. There's definitely like a stigma, obviously, about pole, which is a whole other conversation. <laughs> I'm not going to get too much into that, but um, yeah, it's it's a crazy workout, and um, there's a lot more to it than just like kind of that sexy, like what you've seen on TV, like sure. or in a strip club or whatever. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really, really rewarding too. It's uh. You know, when you kind of get that move or get that thing you've been working on, it's like so exciting to see like what your body can do and what you're capable of outside of just like 
picking up a heavier weight than you did last week, which I also do that too. Yeah. I'm not knocking that at all. I just started powerlifting like less than a year ago. Um, so that's, that's uh, something I like to do. I go to Empire Muscle. We just had a meet last weekend. Um, and then tell else? me about <laughs> um, your veg out business. Yes. So I started veg out in November of 2018. So just a little over a year now. Um, and I was really, really busy at the time. Um, I'm always really busy. I'm just like a person who likes to have lots of stuff on my plate. That's cool. Um, and as much as I love to cook, I'm really good at cooking. Um, at the time, I just like didn't have time. And I found that I was like scrolling through Pinterest for all these awesome vegan recipes. I'm vegan, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm saving all these things. I'm pinning, pinning, pinning recipes and then like never getting to them. And eat. I was eating so much takeout. Like I was just running from one job to the next job to the next volunteer thing to the next you know, obligation. And I just never had time to be prepared with any like healthy food. So I just kept stopping at Tim Hortons or whatever is convenient on any corner. Yeah. And um, so I started looking into meal prep companies because I thought um, at the time I was paying like an online coach um, to write my workouts and he was writing me a meal plan for things I was supposed to be eating. But then I still had to like go buy the food and prepare it. And sure. it just wasn't really working out with my schedule. So I was like, I might as well take this money that I'm spending on this online coach and take it and like just have the meals made for me like every week or every month it probably wouldn't even cost me that much more um to just have someone literally like drop off the food that was ready for me but mm -hmm. as I started looking around um at my options there really weren't any meal prep companies at the time that were offering vegan or even vegetarian options um so that was a huge barrier and I was really yeah. frustrated and then a light bulb just kind of went off in my head and I was like, I'm a good cook. I'm pretty competent. I love to cook. I'm saving all these Pinterest recipes that I never get to do. So why don't I have other people pay me to make them? Yeah. And, you know, then I can feed myself and I can feed other people who are most likely running into the same problem because veganism and people eating more plant-based is becoming huge. More and more people are, um, you know, making that transition or at least trying to reduce their impact for the environment or whatever reasons they have. Um, so I thought I'd put it out there and mm -hmm. see if people were interested in having like vegan meals portioned and prepared for them. And it was definitely, definitely, um, a need that a lot of people had. So I had a good response like right away from the beginning. So wow. that's been a lot of fun. Um, really challenging. I have no background in business or anything. So, um, thank God for all the other small business owners in Windsor and the farmer's markets and, yeah. uh, like Littlefoot Foods carries products for like mm -hmm. so many small businesses and, and stuff. So everyone's really supportive of each other. And I've learned a lot. Um, did you start, um, like, in terms of, did you go to, like, the farmer's market to promote yourself or other things like that? Um, Events I, in the community? Yeah, I've been to a few farmer's markets. Um, I was having a little bit of trouble with my schedule doing every single weekend this summer, but I did yeah. a handful of them. Um, so, yeah, that was a good way to get my name out there and give out information. Um, I did sell, like, a few products, but mostly I just wanted people to take menus and whatever so that they would subscribe and order from like my weekly menu that I would post online um yeah so cool. yeah, yeah that was really you really have, cool you have like many things on the go <laughs> there's a lot of things <laughs> it but gets that's really hard awesome. to really hard to juggle it all but I like to be busy yeah um so what originally drew you to the disability study program um that's a great question mm -hmm. um I was not prepared for going into that field at all. It was like just totally a fluke, actually. Um, my whole life, I really wanted to be a writer. I was like mm. determined from the time that I could read that I was going to be like the next JK Rowling or Rowling. <laughs> and um, 
I really wanted to go into English, but when I kind of got to that time where you start doing tours of the university and they had open houses and stuff where you could go talk to all the different department heads. And I remember one day my grandma took me um, to the university in grade 12 and they had these big setups set up for each uh, program. And there was a big poster at each station that told you like what you could do with those jobs. And I got really discouraged because the English department had like two things on their oh list. Oh my gosh. And it was like, go into journalism or like be an English teacher. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. I just kind of panicked. Obviously, I'm sure you can do more with it than that. Yeah, and everything, yeah. But um, I don't know. I just started thinking maybe that wasn't like the most guaranteed like for me to have a set, steady career after and stuff. Um, and, you know, you're not just going to like graduate university and write the next Harry Potter series. Like I, <laughs> I started to realize that wasn't like really well thought out. So um, uh, a few summers before that, I had worked at a summer camp and that's kind of where my like experience working with youth sort of started because um, I used to go to summer camp. It was Guestwood. I don't know if you're familiar okay. with um, that. It's like out in S. Uh, okay, county. now I can't even think of the name <laughs> of this. But anyways, it's in the county somewhere. And um, yeah, so I used to go there as a kid every year. And then when I got old enough, um, I started working there. And uh, one summer they asked me if I was comfortable working one on one with someone, a camper that had a disability that was coming um, because they hired special counselors to be like just direct support for campers with disabilities or, um, what I w had been doing was, uh, you know, you were one counselor in a cabin with like eight to 10 girls or whatever. And, um, I had no experience with anyone with disabilities at all. So I was not comfortable. I was like, no, <laughs> like I, I really don't know what I'm doing. And then they kind of told me I had to, cause they didn't have anybody else and they were like well think we think you'll do a really good job and I was like, I've never even met someone with a disability like I've seen them around camp because I've been coming here but like right. I've never even interacted with someone with a disability and they were just I don't know they kind of pressured me to do it and I ended up loving it so I spent a whole week working wow. with a girl who had down syndrome yeah, I and know, right? I just really clicked with her and it was it brought me a lot of joy and um yeah I really enjoyed that so then summers after that I had like requested specifically to be like the counselor who would work with oh, great. those individuals and um at the time, that was kind of the only experience I had when I was trying to make this decision about university. And my grandma sort of suggested it. She's like, well, didn't you like that? You were kind of good at it. You know, there's always going to be jobs because there's always, you know, people who need support from that demographic. And I was like, I guess so. And I yeah. ended up loving it. So that's you were a really long to answer do, to that's your okay. question. <laughs> yeah, no, you're somehow guided to it in something you never thought you would be. Yeah, it was a really last minute decision. It was like time to apply for university and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just and it seems the last like, um, like that was just the beginning of you kind of being a role model or being a form of support in different young people's lives, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, so maybe we will talk a little bit about other work you've done with the Advocating Young Minds. Um, what kind of support do you provide young people and how has that experience been? I'm sure it's really fulfilling. Yeah, that's been a really, really meaningful chapter in my life for sure. Um, I actually just recently, like within the last couple of months, decided to step away from that. So mm. I'm, I'm still grieving it a little bit, but because um, the business is getting so busy and there's a lot on my plate. But um, in 2014, um, a couple of my friends and I in university, um, we had a lot of ideas. We had done some volunteering in uh, different aspects. And um, I, one friend and I had actually volunteered like in some third world countries and we just uh, really wanted to get younger people interested in like um, leadership and and volunteering for other causes. And we just had like our minds were just turning. So we were kind of looking around for um, 
like some kind of rec center or something where they would let us like rent a room to host like a weekly youth night because we had all these ideas that we wanted to share with younger individuals like we were 19 at the time or something and just starting to learn about I don't know how fulfilling it is to give back and stuff Mm -hmm. and we were like why weren't we introduced to these concepts at a younger age like yeah good point yeah, yeah I don't know just helping others and giving back so um we got in contact with sandwich teen action group which is in the west end um they're uh like drop-in center for uh teenagers in high school who are uh, living in that area and um they were kind of running into an issue because the college avenue community center had recently been closed um and that's where there had been a lot of programming for kids who were too young to come to stag because stag mm-hmm. kind of caters to stag being sandwich teen action group they cater to you know the kids in high school and the teenagers Um, But then there was all these like 12 year olds and younger who were kind Mm -hmm. of wandering around the streets over there getting into trouble. We read um, an article one time around then that um, there was a a lot of abandoned houses over there and kids were getting caught like playing in them, getting into trouble. One had been caught on fire because they were lighting fires in there and they're just bored because all of their services, especially like free services, had just recently like disappeared. Um, so we thought that was a really good fit for us to try to start running that program at STAG um, and sort of cater to the needs of those younger kids. And um, then eventually we got our own space, which is a few blocks over in the St. Joseph area. Um, there's a unit there that's reserved for programming by the Community Housing Corporation. Um, so we were able to get access to that unit and the Housing Corporation paid for the utilities and all that stuff. We just had to provide like our own furniture and internet and supplies and stuff like that. So um yeah, over, what was that? What year is it? 2020, like six years ago now, it really developed. And uh, at first there was just like three of us that were kind of running it together. And then it started to become a lot of work. So then we started recruiting volunteers from the university and uh, it was just once a week at first. And then we got it up to three nights a week at one point. Um, you know, it kind of depends how many volunteers we have and resources and funds and stuff like that but um I think they're just down to one week right now or one night a week or two right now I just kind of stepped back a couple months ago right um I'm feeling bad I'm out of touch and I really miss the kids but yeah yeah um it was really eye-opening to see how people in those communities live and a lot of the kids are like from families that are newcomers to Canada um so just hearing all their different experiences with immigration and all that stuff and um yeah, it just uh, yeah makes you really grateful for what you have. Yeah. And um, yeah, just building a rapport with young people and being able to make a positive mm-hmm. influence on them, whether you helped them finish an assignment for school or, I don't know, you helped them, like, deal with a conflict that they were having with another kid in a way where, you know, they were empowered and were able to come to some kind of conclusion between themselves. Like, I don't know. It's just really, it was really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah finding that. The way that um, they always say, like, service is so much more fulfilling than and, and, and serving others in some way. I find it, like, gives you so much more back. Yeah, I, I can relate to that in some of the work we do, too. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there were moments, a lot of moments, where it was really hard and really exhausting. Sure, um, and yeah. the payback is not always instantaneous. Like, right. you don't walk away from every evening feeling, like, so warm and fuzzy and rewarded sometimes you're exhausted there's a lot of kids in a really small space and some nights we didn't have enough volunteers and um you know kids from that demographic face a lot of adversity and don't always have 
you know, the same resources at school or within their family and support systems. So sometimes their coping skills or their respect for each other and for us, the volunteers, was not like what you would yeah. hope. But yeah, um, yeah um, we definitely, you know, over time we're able to definitely build some really meaningful relationships and you can't always like fix every single kid's difficulties that they face at home or, you know, turn their life around for them. But like, if you can make a difference for a few at least mm-hmm. then give them some like hope and empowerment that there's like more to life than some of the difficulties they face. And yeah, right. it's really, really special. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, okay. So I'm going to shift gears and talk a little bit about um, the workshop itself because okay. you were there and um, Sarah Santa Rosa, who we both know, yes. who, who just flew in here, flew out of here. <laughs> She's um, not feeling good. Feel better, Sarah. Yeah, feel better, Sarah. <laughs> so um, she was, she, you know Sarah, um, and she was, her findings were what we were presenting basically at the workshop. So maybe like how did you hear about it? Was it through Sarah? And then um, what, what drew your attention to learning more about that topic? Um, so uh, my partner at the time uh, who was – coordinating the youth program with me, Angela, who still coordinates it. Um, She's also really close to Sarah. So she um, had heard about it from Sarah and just thought it would be a really good opportunity for us to bring the youth from the youth program to it Um, because social media is huge for kids right now. And they're they're getting on to social media younger and younger. Like some of the kids that we um, were providing programming for were as young as grade one, but like they already have tablets, they already have cell phones. And um, more and more, there's a direct correlation between, you know, your use on social media and how many followers you have and, like, what kind of response you're getting on your social media to, like, how popular you are at school yes, and stuff like that. Too. And they're they're all on their phones. They're all on YouTube. They're all on Instagram. So, yeah, we definitely thought that would be valuable for them. And um, I don't know how much, like people listening to this podcast already know about the workshop that you presented, but they um, split it, uh, split it, split it, us, split us <laughs> off into two groups. Um, so the youth went into like one room and did like right. one version of the workshop where they were learning about social media. And I actually, I, it was more like uh, social media and self-esteem and mm-hmm. body image. What exactly those concepts mean? Um, because a lot of people, yeah, young people don't, don't know. even understand yeah. really what those terms and, mean and where you get it from and um, yeah. building a positive, healthy body yes. image. Yeah. So I was actually not in that room no, because McKenzie obviously was that was like for the kids. And then um, they were all encouraged to bring like uh, their mom or a caregiver or uh, I forget. Was it only for women? Um, so the the research itself is based on moms and daughters and right. that's okay. that's why we got but we put it out to everyone like even coaches or teachers but the result was we did get mostly women coming to the okay. workshop yeah. yeah so I was in the room with the like adult women or like the influencers sure. of the young people um so okay wow I totally forgot what the question yeah, was <laughs> what did you ask um, me? oh just like what did I think of the workshop yeah yeah like maybe um, some takeaways yeah, yeah. so it, I really really liked it um I think a lot of people don't necessarily reflect on how other people who view the content that they post are going to be receiving um, whatever message you're sending across or um, how that's going to affect like your your children or whoever you happen to be influencing um, younger people looking at your content and what they're going to be taking away from that. And um, and thinking about how you can support them to be 
safe and mindful of what they're consuming from other people that they're following mm-hmm. and looking at as well. So I think, um, I mean, I'm a pretty avid social media user. So mm-hmm. I think I was kind, I thought I was kind of aware of some of those concepts before I went into the workshop. Um, but it definitely gave me some added perspectives. And we did a little, like, I remember we started with a piece of paper and there was a few questions to fill out. Yeah. And one of the questions was like, how does using social media make you feel? And I had never been asked that before. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, my first word was anxiety. <laughs> I was like, this is such a useful tool. And obviously we all use it because there's Yeah, because when you take the time benefits to, actually, to it. But, yeah, when you take the time to actually think about it, you're like, wait, is... I know all of this social media and like, communication and technology is supposed to make things easier, but what's what else is happening behind? Like, how am I actually feeling about this? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. if you're not um, really reflecting on all the things that you've decided to follow, and then there's ads that come up on there too that you don't even get a choice but to look at. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm scrolling through my newsfeed because I have a few minutes to kill or whatever, and nothing that I even looked at made me feel very good yeah so yeah I think it just it brought a lot of awareness about the consequences of using social media which are positive and negative like I don't mean to make it sound like social media is this dark thing that we should not use (laughs) because I definitely love my Instagram but um yeah I think it was definitely very eye-opening um and something we probably overlook especially parents I don't have children but like Um, a lot of the women who came were moms and I'm sure they're very busy, uh, especially the moms of the kids that we support. Like they yeah. usually have very large families. There's lots of kids um, and they have a lot on their plates. Like, you know, they have, I kind of mentioned probably some different adversities that they're facing and um, some, most of them didn't even speak English as a, sec- as a primary language. So I don't know. I'm sure, I'm not sure. I don't know, but I would imagine that, you know, what my kid is looking at on Instagram is not always necessarily like, the first thing on your mind so um mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it was really valuable information yeah yeah awesome so you mentioned your instagram and like i like instagram too <laughs> <laughs> um so online your mackenzie gets fit yes and i i did a little look there today you creeped me. <laughs> i did creep you today <laughs> um but you're definitely really candid on there and authentic to what you are like to what i'm now I'm meeting you and I think you're very much in line with your your Instagram account so um like what do you think is why do you think that is important to be that raw and real online and maybe what is authenticity mean to you um I think just being your true unapologetic self and um Mm -hmm. sometimes that that's not always glamorous and Everybody has days where they, you know, didn't have time to wash their hair or maybe they're you're crampy and you feel like garbage. <laughs> like, I don't know. Every oh, yeah. Everybody isn't perfect and having a great day and successful every moment of every day. But when we're talking about social media and you're scrolling through even Facebook, your friends, um, whatever, it's a highlight reel and obviously when something exciting or good or funny is happening that's when you want to share it right but um it's human nature to do that yeah Yeah. so yeah why wouldn't you want to share the positive stuff and like it feels uncomfortable and awkward like why would you have any desire to share like when you're having a crap day nobody likes that like I always roll my eyes when I see somebody on Facebook posting like, oh, my God, I had the worst day. This driver cut me off. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I don't need to know. (laughs) Like, I got cut off, too. It happens to everybody. But like, 
also, you know, sometimes you're in a bad mood or like you're just having a difficult day or nothing special in particular is happening. You're not even necessarily having a bad day, but I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. it's just a neutral day and yeah. nothing really is exciting enough to post, Yeah, right? for yeah. for all the like special moments where you're on vacation or you got a new job or whatever, the amount of like neutral days that mm-hmm. go on in between those special moments is like probably quite a lot, but nobody's sharing that. And I think it's really easy to start comparing yourself to other people when you're looking at Facebook and whatever platform you're using for me like I'm a Facebook user and an Instagram user those are kind of the two I'm like most Mm -hmm. familiar with um and yeah everybody's posting photos of their vacation or whatever and I definitely have found myself looking at all this content and feeling like oh wow so and so got a house oh now they have a dog oh now they're engaged like and (laughs) and she got promoted like I just (laughs) definitely I don't know it makes me feel like you're not doing enough or you're not keeping up with other people your age and or just people in general and you kind of start to feel bad about yourself a little bit without even consciously realizing it it can make you feel this pressure like Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know it's like it's kind of negative in your head sometimes so I think it's important to post call that out too yeah Yeah. when you're going through a struggle because people can relate to that or you know it's just kind of a day where I slept in and like I didn't go to the gym today like yeah I don't know that's normal and that's okay and I think it's good to like bring people's attention back to reality and like Mm -hmm. relieve this pressure that we all put on ourselves because I think our culture especially like this day and age are just go 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 like we're all about productivity yeah and everybody wants to know like how can I multitask you know this while I'm driving while I'm I don't know it's like what everything's about efficiency and how much you can get done and uh, I think it's really easy to like miss your life, yeah, like that, and not appreciate like a dull, normal day. Yeah, like, yeah, so. yeah, because that's where like the little magic happens. I think you know, mm-hmm. like it's the little things in life that really create a happy life. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have to be big things like a promotion or getting married. Um, but unfortunately, like so many, like adults and young people, this is their reality like social media is such a large part of their lives these days Mm -hmm. so you like we know that mental health is a huge issue and no wonder why because it's such a like social media they're constantly making these comparisons and we know the more time they're spending online we're seeing more anxiety and more Mm -hmm. depression but it all makes sense um and i don't really know what the answer is because to give out social media completely i don't think that's the answer either yeah it can be really really positive in a lot of ways yeah. too and um, I've definitely found it to be a really useful resource for a lot of different things and it's helped me to build connections with other people that I have things in common with or have similar yeah. values about so it definitely has like its value for sure so, it's finding like a happy medium mm-hmm. setting those boundaries yeah I think are... building awareness and just like checking in and reflecting with yourself like am I getting value from this content that I'm looking at right, right. now or is this making me feel crappy should I turn it off and look at Instagram later or maybe I should unfollow this person because I don't know all their posts just kind of make me feel negative and um especially people that you don't know like Mm -hmm. it's really easy there's so many like social media influencers who have like millions of followers and they're fit and they're representing some kind of like brand or movement or whatever it is and like um 
I don't know, it's really easy to get sucked into these like really glamorous, like photoshopped. You don't even know like what's photoshopped and um, how much makeup they have on, how many hours they spent getting ready to take that photo. And um, yeah, it's really easy to like look up to these kind of like celebrities Mm -hmm. and not even really ask yourself like, are they teaching me anything? Um, Like, am I am I learning something from them or are they like sending me a positive message or are they just posting beautiful photos of themselves all the time for no reason that just make me wish I looked like them and then they're making money off of it too yeah Yeah, so what's the intention behind that or yeah yeah I totally can relate um but I think my role like doing what I do at Banda now has made me more aware of how much um it does influence our mental health Mm -hmm. yeah all right, so in terms of um, you do post things about fitness and like your fitness journey, which is really inspiring. Thank you. <laughs> and um, but you like like you mentioned, there's some people on there that maybe don't have the best intentions, or they're getting paid for it, or um, the image has even even been photoshopped. Um, so in terms of maybe some really like crazy ad campaigns or like diets out there that you've seen is there anything that sticks out in your mind that has been like the craziest one yet (laughs) um I don't know I haven't seen much about this on social media but like I was kind of thinking over that question because you gave it to me yeah and um it like ones that I know of that like people around me have been involved with are like like the craziest one that I ever saw I can't even remember what it was called but a, a bunch of girls that I worked with for a while we're doing this like diet where they couldn't have like any food they just spent like hundreds of dollars on these shakes they were like protein shakes and you could have like one for breakfast and one for lunch and then for dinner you could have like a protein and a green vegetable and they were like yeah there's freedom you can choose what you want for dinner Mm -hmm. but I was like you're not even having three full meals like how I would be so hungry if all I had was like a protein shake for my entire meal and they seemed miserable, like not to, I don't know, they're nice girls, but like they, there was like four or five of them that were drinking these shakes and they were tired and moody. Mm-hmm. And um, I just didn't think that was very sustainable. I sure. think any kind yeah. of diet or lifestyle that's so extreme and restrictive like that, um, even like the keto diet, like I'm not a nutritionist, so, like I can't really speak to like whether or not keto is mm-hmm. actually healthy for your body. But for me, I just know that would never be sustainable because right. I love food. I like to taste different food. I like to go out to eat. Um, my family cooks like I just could never be so restricted that you have this minimal, minimal list of things you can choose to eat. And you would have to give up so many situations. Like what happens if it's somebody's birthday and they want to go out for a big giant brunch with your whole family? You're going to bring your protein shake and just like mm-hmm. sit at the table and drink your protein mm-hmm. shake. Like mm-hmm. they all lost weight and they were successful like over, you know, a few months or whatever. They were all really getting thin. But I was like, first of all, you haven't learned anything about like nutrition or healthy eating. So as mm-hmm. soon as you get to your goal weight, you're going to stop drinking these shakes and you're going to go back to exactly you know whatever you were eating before so you haven't really like taught yourself anything it's just like a quick fix yeah and um and yeah are you gonna live your whole life like that like it's just a crash diet so anything that's you know diet pills or like this magical 
juice cleanse or something that's like designed to be temporary I think is a little crazy in my mind like I think a a sustainable like healthy lifestyle that you can practice forever like don't Mm -hmm. you want to be healthy forever like Mm -hmm. not just for those few weeks until you lose a few pounds like I don't know so yeah no yeah I yeah I totally agree I think that um there's always also like this money factor, like like who's making money off of this, yes. right? And it, we know that the fitness industry and like the diet industry is like a billion dollar industry. Yes. Um, and I agree, like it's all about setting up what works for you and like in balanced living and choosing a variety of foods that mm-hmm. feel good. And, you know, like those treats are really good sometimes to indulge in because like you said, it's like that pleasure piece, like social activity is um, indulging for my birthday like those are also really good for our body as well and, like in terms of our mental health and um, the body like responds to you feeling positively when you're eating certain foods right so it's mm-hmm. all about variety and choosing different things yeah and... I think everything in moderation like yeah. you should be able to indulge and you know walk out of the sushi restaurant feeling way too full um, um, my plan was it to get sushi tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to nooch tonight. I'm so oh, excited. Nice. So I'm definitely going to like overindulge in my calories and whatever. <laughs> but like to- we don't count calories. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow, like I'm, you know, going to go back to making some like fresher choices. Sure. Like, I don't know. But yeah. What makes you feel good, right? Yeah. I don't want to be full and miserable all the time. Yes. But. Um, I so you mentioned that you're going out for vegan dinner. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you, and you said you're a vegan. What, why did you choose? Why does that work for you? Um, I was never a huge meat eater. Even mm. when I did eat meat, I never like really enjoyed the taste of red meat and stuff like that. And when I was a university student, I was obviously broke and like meat is really expensive. Yeah, it's um, so yeah. I definitely just kind of by default was sort of choosing more like vegetarian options. Um, but over the past like two years or so I've definitely come across like a lot of information about how like animal agriculture affects the environment I definitely think like our planet is in crisis in terms of you know global warming and all this stuff and um, the animal industry is like one of the absolutely biggest factors that like affects Mm -hmm. everything that's happening with our planet Um, and obviously animal abuse and and how eating meat and dairy products affects my body like you know there's a lot of studies and research linking animal products um, to a lot of unhealthy results that you could end up with down the road. Um, and I would like to live as long as possible. So, you know, if I can help the environment, if I can help the animals, if I can make my own body feel better, like, why wouldn't I choose that? And a lot of people sort of think, well, eating vegan is so expensive. Like, but, you know, beans and legumes and stuff like that are so cheap. They're so, mm-hmm. so cheap. And, um, Obviously, if you're going to start buying all those like processed mock meats and the Beyond Meat burgers and all that stuff, that stuff gets very expensive um, because they're novelty products and Mm -hmm. whatever. But, you know, those aren't even good for you anyway. So I indulge in them sometimes. But, um, yeah, the actual like whole foods diet is very, very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. And um, what was the other thing? A lot of people because I was sort of I already said like you wouldn't want to choose a diet that's restricting that you know you can't you're cutting out all these things that you're now telling yourself you're not allowed to eat anymore um so a lot of people have kind of argued with me like how could you limit yourself Mm. like that but I've actually found that I've and it helps that I like to cook I can definitely see it being difficult for someone who doesn't have time to cook and that's why they order veg (laughs) but um (laughs) yeah a little plug you have to um experiment with like all sorts of different 
foods and there's so many different vegetables and plant-based foods. So I feel like maybe I've cut out chicken and beef and milk. That's three things. But now I've introduced like so many new types of vegetables that I would have never tried before. Right. And I've been so much more creative with my food and I'm getting my nutrients from like so many different um, varieties now. So I, I've actually increased like the amount of my repertoire of like right. foods that I would eat. So oh, that's, I think yeah. that's really good advice or like just like insight because you get that argument a lot. Like, oh, like how, what do you eat if you don't eat um, meat, right? Yeah. So I think There's that's really interesting. Thousands insight. and thousands of like different types of yeah. plants and, and nuts and all sorts of different stuff. So I've definitely, I eat way more different types of food mm. than I did before. Like, you know, if, if you don't know how to cook or you're not comfortable in the kitchen, I can see it seeming restrictive where you're like, well, now if I used to eat meat and potatoes, now I'm only having potatoes. Like I can, I can see how people can fall into that like sort of thought process, but, um, there's lots of good food out there. <laughs> I love food. I eat awesome. so many different foods. Yeah, no, I love food too. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on and on about food. Um, all right. So maybe let's talk about how your relationship with your body has evolved and changed um you share a lot of about how you feel about your body online too um being like that raw in real version of yourself which is really great um to show those aspects to other people that may be struggling with the way they feel about their bodies so maybe you can um take it from there yeah okay that's a great question i'm definitely excited to share about that because this is like really personal um kind of like empowering sort of like piece for me so mm-hmm. um I was introduced to dieting really 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 young like when I was about 13 I think I was in the eighth grade so 12 or 13 um I was getting bullied a lot by other kids at school about my size I was quite overweight for my age um and I definitely had a fixation on food which I didn't realize as a kid because all kids like junk food who doesn't like junk food but right. um looking back as an adult I was like pretty obsessive about food and Mm. I just wanted to eat junk food all the time and I was trying to always steal snacks from my pantry and um there's probably lots of reasons why I was doing that but I was Mm. anyways definitely overeating and I was a very chubby kid and I was getting bullied um so my I don't remember if this was my idea or if my parents suggested this so I'm not trying to like blame anyone sorry mom if you're listening but um uh my my grandma has like always dieted like her whole life like she's been on and off Weight Watchers for like 50 years and um somehow whether I asked to join or whoever's idea this was um I got on Weight Watchers in the eighth grade with my grandma and we would go to meetings together um every weekend or whatever and um I started like counting my points and I started losing weight and uh that was awesome. So by the time I got into high school, by ninth grade, I had lost like 40 pounds and I was definitely feeling a lot better about myself. And um, Weight Watchers is actually a great program. Um, I don't think necessarily that was appropriate for me at 13. I had to go get a doctor's note. Like you're not even supposed to be able to join as a child, but like we had to get approval from my doctor and all this stuff. Um, But compared to like all the other kind of diet um, programs and stuff there are out there, I do think they offer a lot of valuable information and they do try really hard to make it as sustainable and they teach you everything in moderation and how to like have better relationships with food um there's support meetings that you actually sit in for half an hour every week um and I do feel like I did learn a lot from that so I don't want to like bash Weight Watchers because um I, I think they're doing the best out of like all these crazy fad diets and stuff 
But um, yeah, at age 13, I don't think that was necessarily the right response mm-hmm. for me. I think I did need to have a better relationship with food, but um, I think it's really important for kids to know that you there's so much more to you than your right. size. And if kids are making fun of you for the way you look, then those kids are mean. Like, I don't know, it's hard for young people to understand that. And yeah. everybody wants to be liked and everybody wants to be popular. And it's stressful when people yeah. are making fun of you, of course. So if you can do what you can to stop that from happening, absolutely. But um, I don't know. I A mantra that I kind of have is that those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. Mm-hmm. And I definitely didn't understand that at that age. And I kind of wish that I had support a little bit earlier on to learn to love myself for other reasons because sure. I was a pretty cool kid. Like, <laughs> And there's so yeah, of course many <laughs> good things about you that are not related to necessarily what you look like. Um, so that kind of sparked, like, I guess my fitness journey from a really, really young age. That's like 13 years ago now. It's halfway yeah. through my life. Um, so I've always kind of constantly been working on like exercising and watching what I eat and whatever. Um, and I was never really, really successful with it until, um, a couple years ago, maybe four years ago now, not even, um, you know, I would lose 20 pounds and then put 30 back on mm-hmm. and then I would lose 10 pounds and then put 15 back on. And it was like this yo-yo game my whole life. I was on, on Weight Watchers, quit. Okay. Got to resign up for Weight Watchers, like my whole life. Um, and it wasn't until about like four years ago, I was at my absolute heaviest, um, my highest weight, but more importantly, I was miserable. Like mm-hmm. forget what the scale says. I mm-hmm. was depressed and I had absolutely no energy. I lived like in an upper duplex and just climbing those like 10 steps to get up to my apartment. I was winded. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't get up on time. I was late for work every day. I had a really negative attitude, um, very, very low self-esteem. And I think when I got to the point where I realized my actual physical health was suffering, that was kind of what clicked for me to really try to embark on like a serious fitness journey. Um, Because before that, it had always just been about looking cute. And all my friends were, you know, hotter than me. And we would wear our bathing suits in the pool in the summer. And they all would wear two pieces and I'd wear one piece. And I wanted to like have guys, you know, looking at me the way they looked at my friends. And it was definitely about appearance my whole life until that point when I realized like I'm making myself sick. Um, So that's definitely the motivation that I had to like actually get in shape. Um, So I I moved away from Weight Watchers at that point and started um, working with like an actual coach who made a workout plan. And um, I actually started eating like a lot of food, eating more like whole foods and stuff. Cause on Weight Watchers, you know, it's all about like the lowest points. Right. Um, and just staying within your points. So I would buy these like two point yogurts, but they're full of chemicals and all this Mm. stuff. So, um, you know, it's this tiny little snack and it doesn't fill you up, but, um, I definitely started working with someone who learned, uh, taught me more about like eating whole foods and like not as many processed carbs and stuff like that, less sugar. And, um, I was a lot more successful. And, um, then I found pole which Mm -hmm. was like the first form of physical activity that I've ever been able to stick to. I always would like have to go to the gym because like that's what you have to do to be skinny. But like I never enjoyed the gym. Right. Um, And my friends and I, well, I don't know how much they were expecting out of it. But for me, it was totally a joke. I was like, I'm going to go take stripper classes. Like I'm going to learn to dance (laughs) and I'm going to, you know, walk in these big heels around the pole and it's going to be so hilarious. I'm going to make fun of myself. But I walked in there and realized like, 
what a crazy acrobatic like right. discipline it was and fell in love with it. Um, and when that feeling when you just like get a move that you have been working on, um, it was so rewarding. So I got addicted really fast and then um, kind of kept losing weight and building some muscle. Um, and then I started to actually enjoy the gym more and I don't really know things have snowballed. Now I power lift. So, um, <laughs> things I don't know. Snowballed. I work out because I have found things that are challenging and fun for me yeah. as opposed, and because I love my body and I want my body to feel good, not because I'm trying to punish myself because I don't like my body. Like you should be mm-hmm. choosing to go to the gym and active as, as a form of self-love as opposed to a form of like. Yes. punishment for yourself for yes sure. finding things that you actually enjoy doing yes That's um awesome. so in terms of my weight and stuff I've actually like put a lot of weight back on in the last uh like year and a half or so which has been hard for me to wrap my mind around but I'm coming to a good place about it now because um actually something that I learned from Banna actually mm-hmm. um because I've been to a couple of your different workshops um mm-hmm. uh focusing less on the scale that's kind of like the yeah. number one um, way that people like to measure like their fitness progress and it is an indicator of increased or decreased health like it's a factor but um, I have put a lot of muscle on I'm actually really strong so, like I'm yeah. kind of a big girl but like I'm becoming more okay with that because it's not just about what you look like and it's not about the number on the scale like the scale does not tell you um about your mental health it does not tell you about your endurance or your energy level it doesn't tell you how many friends you have it doesn't tell you if you're happy it doesn't tell you Mm -hmm. like anything else that's important other than like literally the scale tells you the earth's gravitational pull on your body which is like so scientific and has nothing to do with your life um so yeah I'm in a good place about it and at first when I started to put weight back on I definitely like didn't want to share as much on social media I kind Mm -hmm. of found that I Mm -hmm. stopped posting as much um, I was embarrassed because yeah, I had built sort of this following and like people could see that I had done this mm. huge weight loss transformation and then I was starting to put it back on and I was like, people are going to judge me. But realistically, like I've gained so many more things in my life regarding health and outside of your health and um, I'm definitely in like a much better place than I was at like my lowest weight. So there's mm-hmm. so many more things that are important than like what you look like yeah and you know what you weigh so yeah. I'm trying to be more raw about that on social media I do still find sometimes I you know crop out my belly but like I'm trying really hard not to do yeah. that yeah and that's a real thing that a lot of women probably do right mm-hmm. like so yeah, you, you only want to even... post your face like nobody yes. puts full body photos and yeah. stuff like that so I'm trying to sort of fight that because yeah, there's this definitely unrealistic standard that we don't all necessarily have to fit into. And and it's kind of crazy that that in itself is like a courageous move. But it is like in our society, it's courageous to just like be yourself online. Yeah. <laughs> but and, and it, it like when you said that, I was like, oh, that's really brave. Like that's what I thought in my in my head. But I'm like, is that like, isn't that crazy how in society, just being yourself online, showing your truest self is a, a brave thing to do. Yeah, that is kind when of When we actually break it down. Yeah, yeah. We really like want to idolize people who are so disciplined, who have this perfect diet, who work out, never miss a workout, who have perfect hair. And you're like, that person's so inspiring. But like, hmm. and they can be like, there is sure. like lots to say about, you know, establishing a discipline and all that stuff and working hard to accomplish a goal. But 
I don't know, are you, how much else, I mean, a lot of those people like we were talking about are getting paid mm-hmm. to do that. So it's literally their job to have a perfect body and post about yes. it on Instagram. Yeah. And they have all the time in the world to do that. When you think of the average day-to-day person, like how many things would you have to miss out on because you had to spend four hours a day mm-hmm. at the gym or because you have to eat this perfectly portioned, you know, thing and of rice and broccoli. Yeah. So yeah, I think normalizing what a regular life is like yeah. is like so important. Yeah, awesome. You know, thanks for sharing all of that. <laughs> There's a lot. I'm no, sorry. no, it, no. I loved it. I, it was really. Um, it gives like it, it's humanizing, right? Everyone going through these ups and downs, and um, I think like that adolescent portion is a hard portion of our life where we're like trying to find our sense of self, but appearance is um there's such an emphasis on appearance and then like even like when you talked about being bullied like those things actually hold a lot of weight for creating a positive healthy body image mm-hmm. um and it can lead to these ups and downs as we get older so it, it humanizes the whole process of like everyone's going through these things so mm-hmm. thanks for mm-hmm. sharing thanks. i do that. have sort of like one yeah. more thing that yeah. like is just really valuable to me that yeah. I, I didn't know if you're gonna get to it eventually but um, you use the word humanizing, which um, just kind of triggered me to think of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's one thing to look at uh, people who are perfect on social media and stuff and think like, oh, my God, I'm terrible. I'll never be like them. And then there's kind of also this like opposite effect where um, some people try to be so raw and stuff, which is amazing. But yeah. you see um, people sharing about like really, really difficult struggles that they've had. And what I'm getting at is like um, it is like eating disorder, eating disorder awareness week coming up yeah. soon. And um, February that's first to seventh. Yes, first to seventh. So that's uh, something that's kind of personal for me, too. And part of my like health and fitness journey, I actually do have like a diagnosed eating disorder that mm-hmm. I got from working with Banna. And um, at first when they gave I kind of started to realize like I have these like this sort of bad relationship with food and whatever. So I had an appointment and they gave me a diagnosis after I did um, a uh, big, long you know, test and intake yeah. interview. And I I thought that they were going to tell me one thing because I thought I had myself all figured out. And mm-hmm. what I got was actually like a pretty serious sounding disorder um, that was diagnosed. And at first I was like, this is wrong. Like this is, there's no way because mm-hmm. when I've seen, um, I guess I'll be honest about it. My, dis- uh, my, diagnosis is uh, bulimia nervosa mm-hmm. and I remember being like in high school and we had somebody come in and talk about um I think she was anorexic or had bulimia or something and she was trying to do awareness about um you know eating disorders but they were showing us like the worst of the worst like the really really extreme cases like this girl had been through this awful journey and luckily she had turned her life around and it was really inspiring um but you know she showed us photos she was skin and bones um you know, her teeth had all rotted and she had all these health problems because she had been like vomiting and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when they told me that diagnosis, I was like, I don't do any of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. like, I follow some people who have, you know, journeys like that, that they share about. And I think it's really inspiring and great to be like building awareness about this stuff. But I was like, but not me though. And I think um, sort of this opposite thing happens when you see people going through really difficult times where we're not normalizing like sort of the in between and it it is still possible to like have an eating disorder or like have struggles even though they're not as bad as somebody else's so it almost kind of like makes us unaware of our own issues because they're not really good point not necessarily as extreme as someone else's so um it really shocked me but then when she kind of went into the like explanation 
um, from the DSM about like what it entails to have this um, disorder. I definitely fell under the categories in other ways. I had been using all these supplements and stuff that um, they kind of get like thrown at you on social media, like advertising, right? And like I started following all these bodybuilders and stuff like that for a while and they're all using you know this brand of protein and this brand of creatine and this brand of fat burner and whatever and um that in itself is like kind of a slippery slope even though I'm not making myself vomit like you're depending on these substances now to lose weight and um where was I going with this (laughs) I guess I was saying um yeah I think it's an important thing for us to realize that um yeah, there's sort of a middle ground and mm-hmm. we should, I think, be teaching youth about having like a healthy relationship with food and um, and mental health too. like working with the kids at the youth program. Um, I think a lot of them were becoming more and more aware of mental health issues. You know, they talk about it in schools now and stuff, which is amazing. Excuse me, but you don't necessarily realize that like you might be talking to someone with a mental health issue, yeah. even though it's not plastered on their forehead. Like, right. Or you could be talking to somebody with an eating disorder, even if they're not, you know, 80 pounds looking like a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always going to be told to you when, okay, kids, like, we have to be nice to Johnny because he has mm-hmm. schizophrenia. Like, it's not always going to be that obvious. And I think we kind of disconnect ourselves from the average yeah yeah that's a really good point so i don't know if i'm really making my point that makes sense to me like social media is like it's a great display of some of the extremes Mm -hmm. of mental illness um and like when people share those raw moments sometimes it it is beneficial but then like there is people with struggles day-to-day struggles or who have a diagnosis that isn't so apparent um and Maybe that's where there's a still an area for more education for youth. Yeah. That's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Like that's the great. more typical experience of struggling with mental health or struggling with an eating disorder as opposed to only showing us like, yeah, the extremes, like you yeah. said. And and checking in with yourself. Like it's easy to look at other people and be like, Oh, well, this person's probably going through this or probably experiencing that. And like, are you ever looking at yourself and being like, Am I happy? are my thoughts healthy? Like, I know that's hard for young people. We're trying to influence young people to be, have these more the, awarenesses. The awareness, yeah. And that, that's tricky for adults. So like, right. I don't know how to really get kids thinking more that way. I wish that I could, but yeah, yeah I think, I think, there, think I, I think there is like a slow shift. I, I mean, I don't think it'll, there's more education around it, but you're right. Like, I think it's an age thing as well. They're, mm-hmm. they're kind of living in, their own bubble at that age and yeah. maybe they're not looking ex- like too much external and putting it all together I don't know maybe yeah. they are that um one of my guests said you know like some of the teens are actually a lot smarter than we think they are you yeah. know so yeah. I think um, having more of these conversations with them and yeah. just to figure out where their head is at is probably the first step and yeah um yeah I'm sure every kid's I know sometimes sorry sometimes I feel like that youth voice is still lost in all of these conversations do like the work I do uh, as a health promoter we, we often um, collaborate with other mental health agencies and we try our best to bring in that youth voice because like like with, with whatever initiative we're working on or what project because it's so important to get it like straight from their mouths like what are the issues that young people are dealing with yeah yeah I think that's so important for mm-hmm. sure it's easy for adults to speculate about like what kids are probably going through based on what we remember experiencing at that age yes. and stuff like that. But I know, yeah. sometimes I'm like, like I'm 31 and I'm like, 
with high school because sometimes feels like so long ago. Mm-hmm. But then other times I'm like, I f- it feels like yesterday. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm probably so inaccurate of what is actually going on now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to note that like, it's really difficult for us to speak about like kids in general because maybe your experience, like for me, my experience working with youth was mostly like low income newcomers to Canada. Um, this is like a very specific demographic who mm-hmm. faced faced specific adversities and they were like from one neighborhood of one town. So it's valuable yeah. to know what they're going through, sure. but maybe like the kids in a different area of town or at a different age or yeah. with, I don't know, just like a whole different experience or different yeah. countries. Like it's really um, hard to just say like, like a blanket talk, statement, a blanket statement about, about like youth and what they're going through, especially with social media and stuff too. So yeah. <laughs> we're getting flagged. We're running out of time. <laughs> no, we're good. Okay. Oh, we're good. Maybe <laughs> we'll cut. We much. can cut that part out, guys. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm like, where should I take this now? Oh, this is a really good question. Um, who are some of your positive influencers on and offline? Ooh. Or if you want to touch on only one of those, <laughs> that is a great. I know. Question. I love that because um, it may give me ideas as to who to follow. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, I don't follow too many like randoms anymore unless they're like accounts that I find are providing me with like information or education or like uplifting me in some way. So um, like one, I guess, like social media influencer that I like don't personally know, like probably the only one that I follow now is uh, Derek Simnet. So he's like a vegan bodybuilder who is a holistic nutritionist. And um, I really like following his account because like he is a bodybuilder and he's like shredded and looks amazing. But like his account and his content is not like, hey, look at me and all these poses. Look how good I look. You should look like this. Here's my workout that I did. And there's no excuses. You should get it done. Make time. Like it's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's very much like here's all this information and research about like different types of food and why they're good for your body and um, feeling good about yourself and having positive relationships and a lot of information about food and veganism and plant-based eating and stuff and how to make sure you're, you know, getting the right nutrition from a variety of foods and stuff like that. So I find it very, very educational and positive and he's like never trying to sell you anything Mm -hmm. and he just seems like very sincere. So I definitely um, like to follow his account and then um, a few others that come to mind um, of like local people would be like uh, Megan Martin is really Mm -hmm. good. Um, content and she's very real about like different struggles that she faces as well as like different things she's accomplished and like she does work very hard in the community so there's a lot to aspire to there but then she's also very relatable like um she's struggled with acne and um like having you know bouts of not the best mental health at times and um she's just very raw day to day and like she doesn't smother her face in makeup or anything like that she's beautiful like adorable blonde bubbly you know awesome um but yeah she shows like her best moments and her not her best moments and um she shares a lot of valuable information and um she's very like positive like mm-hmm. um even when she's sharing about like the hard times she's not like life sucks and right. i don't know i hate everyone like it's like that's helpful <laughs> yeah that's not that helpful so um yeah i definitely would recommend you follow megan martin and um sierra parr is a pretty good one too um, she's pretty real about like her good days and her bad days. And when she's 
killing it going to the gym and then when she's like maybe i'm going to the gym too much like why do i have to be so obsessed about this i'm going to taco bell like (laughs) i really like enjoy her post too um Awesome. Yeah, so yeah. the ones that come to my I, head. I follow her too, I think. Yeah, probably. She's, she's cool. It's pretty funny. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check out the Megan Martin. I don't I don't follow her yet. Oh, yes. I got to get on that. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to start wrapping up. Okay. Um, but just to finish off, because our podcast is called Happy, Healthy, Healthy and Hopeful, Lastly, I just want, um, we talked a lot about happiness and healthy, but hopeful. So maybe a takeaway as what are you hopeful for, for going forward? Um, everything you've talked about with me, like you got so much on the go. Uh, what would be like the one thing that you're hopeful for t- going forward with all your projects? Um, Something that I'm like trying to practice lately is kind of embracing that I don't know where life is going to take me. I I used to think I had this plan, like I was in a long-term relationship and I had these career goals and like, I don't know, you just think like, you know, where things are going. Um, And like in the last like year, like so many things have changed. I never even thought I'd start a business. Like I thought I'd climb the ladder at community living or whatever. So um, it's really scary, but it's also been so exciting and there's so many new things to learn all the time. So I hope for myself that I can just like keep being open to whatever life's going to throw at me and like whatever new opportunities um, are going to present themselves to me. Because I think it's really easy sometimes to get really stuck on like one goal, one priority. um, And sometimes you lose track of when maybe that one thing's like not making you really happy anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's totally okay to like change your mind and embark on new like adventures or take a break from something that maybe is just kind of like wearing you out so I hope that I will have no idea what's going on and just be okay with that um I don't know if that's a good answer but that was really good (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're very inspirational thank you Mackenzie um so it's really lovely having you on I think we I got a lot out of it and I'm sure our audience will um so if anyone wanted to follow you where could they follow your journey um, you can follow me at Mackenzie Gets Fit. Um, side note, it used to be called Mackenzie Gets Skinny, but like mm. a couple years ago, I changed it because it's not about being skinny. So now it's Mackenzie Gets Fit and it's not even just physical fitness. It's like I talk about my mental health and life and just like general fitness and happiness. So, um, that's probably like my main one. Um, I do have like my personal account, which is just Ken's Kova, but, um, there's nothing special happening on there, I guess. Um, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. That's yeah, so follow Mackenzie. Um, that brings us to the end of our episode today. Thank you, everyone, for listening and following along. If you are interested in learning more about eating disorders and eating disorder services, visit us at Banna Windsor or www.banna.ca. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Be Yourself, the Happy, Healthy, Hopeful podcast. It was recorded at MediaWorks Studios located at 1030 Walker Road in Windsor, Ontario. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MediaWorksStudiosYQG. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MediaWorksYQG. For more exclusive content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel.